how did I miss all this for so long? This was not in Sunday school when I was a kid or in seminary. Jesus taught in parables a lot. Little short stories, had super deep meetings, and that offered his disciples, and us still, a pattern and a promise for life in the kingdom. We're going to go through a few, and you're going to go, oh, whoa, I never saw how those connected. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners will have seen this, but these parables offer a pattern for how life works okay. and a promise for how it's going to turn out. And this is, I think, you'll see is going to directly correspond to our small beginnings of missional communities that failed. Sure. So I'm thinking of that verse right now, for who hath despised the day of small things, mm-hmm. right? Don't, yeah. like don't. So check this out. In Luke 13, where we read Jesus explaining how the good news of the kingdom, what we commonly refer to as the gospel, works itself out, starting with this basic principle, small is big. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Okay, here we go again. Thanks for being with me. Hey, do you remember a couple of episodes back I talked about getting a whole bunch of new fishing gear? I was pretty excited. <laughs> well, a whole bunch of us in Team K, we got to go away for a few days of R&R on the water here up in the Pacific Northwest. The Puget Sound is just nuts and beautiful. And that was like last week, and I got to use all my gear, or or most of it. And as always, it would have been great to catch a few more fish than we did but it was a blast getting to do some fishing with my son and his two boys, two of my grandsons. I really love that they are hooked on fishing already. See what I did there? Hooked on fishing? <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Hey, I want to do a shout out to missiopublishing.com. They sponsor the podcast. They help us keep this on the air and doing you know all the expenses and gear and stuff related to keep the Everyday Disciple podcast going. And I still think that uh, they have some of the absolute best discipleship and missional resources out there. If you're thinking about, hey, what's ahead for our church and for our community? Oh, wow. Just check out some of the resources they offer there. I always have to, you know, all joking aside, I have to say, hey, the Gospel Primer, which I I wrote, has been a very big resource for thousands and thousands, 50, 60,000 people, I think, have used it now in community, preach through the whole thing while your church is going through it. Oh, it's powerful if you want to grow in your gospel fluency. You can check that out. But there's so many good resources there. Just head on over to missiopublishing.com and see what they have, and I'm sure you're going to find some stuff that's going to really help you move forward in the mission. And I want to extend the invitation as well to check out our coaching I want to tell you about what we do in couples coaching. Tina and I coach together, and we coach as a couple, and we coach couples. And what a difference that has made when trying to get families living on mission and whole communities, because as the marriage goes, so goes the family, so goes the community and the church. And so I'd love to tell you more about that, maybe even set up a phone call or a short Zoom call. We're starting to form some new cohorts. They're going to kick off pretty soon here, and this would be a good time to do it. We're heading into new seasons and the, the fall opening up, and I'd love to help you plot this out and give you like all the tools and the encouragement and the accountability to keep things moving forward. Go over to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. That's everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. Get a whole lot more information. There's a little form you can fill out there. You're not committing to anything, but we can get a, you can get a hold of me that way. We can hop on a Zoom call or set up a phone call or whatever. All right? 
Cool. Now I am really excited for our talk today. Heath is going to join me again, feels like old times, and we're going to dig into how Jesus explained life and growth and freedom in the kingdom of God, which for us has come. It's here now, and we get to live in it. Yeah, right now. And I've noticed that much of Jesus' teachings include a pattern and a promise that we can apply to everything as we continue to live in and expand the kingdom. Here we go. Hey, man, today, kingdom of God and Jesus and life and growth and kingdom, what that looks like? There's so much, obviously, uh, there's so much good stuff that Jesus says and teaches that I I think I got numb to it, like when I was a kid with the over flannel graphing of yeah, sure. everything. And Jesus also being taught so out of context yeah. that some of the stuff I go back to and I go, oh my gosh, look how simple and crazy profound this is. Oh, well, that changes something in my life. <laughs> is that interesting? I was thinking about that the other day, about how most of what I think I learn uh, in teaching when I'm being taught scripture is very little Jesus. Most of it's Paul, actually. Like, yeah. I mean, we spend a lot of time in, in the letters. and We've we, been taught to interpret Jesus through Paul. Yeah. Instead of we should always interpret everything else through, through Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't get taught Jesus much. I mean, I get taught Jesus, but through Paul versus. Yeah. Paul's, we have a little sexy love affair with Paul. You know, Go we Paul. love Paul. <laughs> we love you, Paul. Because <laughs> we, because you know why? Because we think, well, Paul was human like me. Yeah. So was Jesus. That's yeah. the whole point of the incarnation. Yeah, that's the 100% God, 100% man. Thing, yeah. Right? Anyway, this is cool. This is good stuff today. And it will, I think it'll apply to everybody in any area of life because when Jesus taught parables, it was to apply to life. Yeah. But it's going to really specifically also apply to anybody starting or even, I wouldn't say starting, but yeah, maybe starting missional communities or trying to transition small groups yeah. or they're taking their church missional and they're really bumping up against the level of intentionality it takes. And they wonder, are we doing enough? Sure. And all that stuff. So that's good, man. You know, one of the things that comes up quite a bit in the podcast group on Facebook is questions from our listeners. There's a lot of listeners that have actually tried to start missional communities in the past, but not always with the best results. And yeah, if we're going to be completely off script and honest here, I'm going to say <laughs> so have I, right? Yeah. Uh, and it can actually make a person wonder if this lifestyle that we talk about on the show if it actually could really exist. like yeah, Discipleship it, and mission as a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah like, and it does. Or some will give it like, eh, we tried it for about three weeks and it just wasn't jiving with or us. three months or three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I just had a guy like last week talked to me, stoked his whole community, wants coaching. They're going to take things to the next level. Yeah. I didn't hear back from him for a little while. Like I wrote him, he goes, oh, by the way, the group just disbanded. I mean, they went oh. from like, we're hammering the gas pedal, new just level of- Slamming on the brakes. To like breaks nothing. We threw everything out the windows and parked Jeez. the car. You know, I was like, holy cow. Man. So it happens. I get it. So what's your experience, especially like a few years back when you were first trying to get in this whole missional community thing, when you were figuring that out for yourself? <laughs> yeah. Let me start kind of at the beginning a little bit. Cause okay. like, I, you know, we throw out that term missional and I'm guessing most of our listeners at this point are pretty aware of that. But for me, so I want to go back. I'll, I'll tell this story from as back then. I, I began to hear people using that term that describe the life of Jesus' disciples, you know, the way the first believers lived, sure, connected to that, as well as those who live like missionaries today. And that was that missional word, okay? Sure. Now, missional, there again, if, you know, for maybe people are new to it, or they've attributed something else to it, carries with it this idea that our lives should be radically reoriented around the mission of Jesus, the same hmm. mission that he sent his disciples out to replicate, which is, always and only making disciples who make disciples sure and doing that together as a family of missionaries that was what jesus modeled that's what he said to do and that's what missional means 
So okay. it's not just like, hey, my small group decided to go, you know, once a year, once a quarter and go out serve over here. Good thing. That's unless you're making disciples, it's not initial. So sure. as we began to learn more about what it meant to live this way, T and I decided we'd begin to gather up some of our closest Christian friends at you know, okay. the church and start eating meals together and discuss what it looked like for us to start living as a, quote, missional community. Hmm. So this is a long time back. Okay? Sure. Really long ago. And we wanted to start treating each other more like a family. And we were really close friends already. Uh, but then, and then we thought, oh, and then we'll start to invite those that God would hopefully call us to disciple and hang out with us, to join us and all that. And so people have probably heard that term missional. That's how we first got started. But it, missional isn't really a form of church. Okay. It's a label that we give to the qualitative and descriptive aspect of how the church actually lives. Hmm. That's is the good. church, are we as a group, as a community, even as a family, are we living with God's priority, Jesus' priority and commands to make disciples and make disciples in community, are we taking it seriously? Hmm. Okay? So, in other words, how missional you are is largely determined by the extent to which you and your community model the life and activities of Jesus, because he was all about his disciples yeah, and making absolutely. disciples. So, that sounds good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody goes, Christian, yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> Our friends all thought so too. <laughs> so we were all excited to be missional, to live mm. as a missional community. And exciting as that is, until things, I mean, people were loving it, until we got to the point where we moved beyond our weekly meal and discussion about being missional. Sure. To, I was trying to help us start to head out and build new relationships. And let's go to some places where a bunch of not yet believers hang out, like regularly, you know, because huh. ain't none of them at our church, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's start to serve those that have needs in our city or right in the neighborhood. Actually, you know, going to make disciples like jesus said go and make disciples that's yeah. when everybody kind of like you know kind of recoiled a bit they're like hmm you know, that would mean my schedule would have to change quite a bit or we're just too busy right now sure or you know we had a lot of different friends and i know there's a lot of stuff and i don't know you know or they or maybe in the winter once we get past our kids sports stuff and you know, we'll see then you know uh-huh. And that's kind of when it all started to fall apart. Pretty quickly, um, our little band of brothers and sisters um, fell apart. And really discouraged, we decided, well, maybe this kind of life doesn't work in the suburbs of Chicago. That's where we were at the time. Yeah. So I'll dig deeper into how that story goes a little later. There's a little teaser. But but for now, the point is that not not everyone who was a Christian was willing to jump right into this new missional lifestyle with us. Hmm. Like it sounds good on paper and you read Acts 2 and you're like, gorgeous. I'm in. They all agree that it was biblical. You can't really argue with it. There it is. It's in writing. This is how Jesus lived. This is how disciples lived. Sure. But their existing preconceptions of Christianity and going to church, bad theology that that is, and their own priorities acted as this huge gravitational pull backward away from well, away from the life where the priority and focus was living on mission with God, making disciples. Yeah. So we had a lot to learn about it. And we had, I mean, at that point, obviously we had the terminology, but not, we weren't really understanding what Jesus was doing yet. Well, there you go. The most depressing episode ever. <laughs> dun, dun, Have dun, a good dun. week. <laughs> no. uh, so I can totally relate to this, man. It sounds a lot like some of the experiences I have had, even in this missional community sort of lifestyle, because it's not easy at all. Please tell Not at me first because you're. <laughs> yeah, once you grow into it, it, yeah. it becomes great. Yeah. But please tell me that you have some sort of happy ending uh, <laughs> as part of this, because in my reading of the Bible, what you're calling missional is the way that I see Jesus living both with his disciples and his friends. Like this must be real and a possibility for us too, right? This isn't just well, that was first century Israel. It's not. It's not for us today in, in Seattle. What's Jesus got to say about? us living this way together now. Yeah. Okay, well, I think there's a reason that Jesus lived and taught the ways he did. Hmm. Just hear that again. Jesus had a certain motivation. Okay, he wasn't random or 
just cleverly trying to adapt to the local customs of the day. Like, hey, I'm God, but I'm coming down. I'm going to wear like a scratchy robe and grow a beard out, <laughs> wear some sandals. Yeah. Watch me adapt, you know. Sure. Yes, his methods were rooted in real life. And they were immersed in his culture. I mean, he was born, like and says, and grew up like everybody else and sure. learned his craft from his dad. And But there was something far more eternal and, sub, I think, subversive going on with Jesus. Hmm. Okay, so he, Jesus was on his father's mission, which was restoring all things to the way he re- originally created them to be. And his life, okay, modeled certain things, and his teachings provide both the example for us, but I think they also open, open up a new possibility for for all of us to once again live in a close relationship with God under his rule and reign, hmm. but also living on his mission, okay? Yeah. And that's what I was saying. What I'm going to get into here, I was like, how did I miss all this for so long? This was not in Sunday school when I was a kid or in seminary. Sure. Um, so Jesus taught in parables a lot, right? Yep. Yeah, you know, little short stories, had super deep meetings, and that offered his disciples, and us still, a pattern and a promise for life in the kingdom, hmm. okay? So think about that. We're going to go through a few and you're going to go, oh, whoa, I never saw how those connected. Right. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners will have seen this, but these parables offer a pattern for how life works okay. and a promise for how it's going to turn out. And this is, I think you'll see, is going to directly correspond to our small beginnings of missional communities that failed. Sure. So I'm thinking of that verse right now, for who hath despised the day of small things, mm-hmm. right? Don't. Yeah. Like, don't. So check this out. In Luke 13, we see Jesus, where we read Jesus explaining how the good news of the kingdom, what we commonly refer to as the gospel, works itself out, starting with this basic principle, okay? Small thing are really important. Small is big, okay? Probably heard me use that phrase before in my book. Jesus asks, he goes, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? And he says, it's like a mustard seed. That's tiny. Which a man took and planted in his garden. But then check it out. It grew and it became a tree. Hmm. And then many birds perched and lived in its branches. So the pattern here is pretty clear and simple, I think. We get this one. This new kingdom restoration doesn't start off big with everyone jumping on board. So, you know, even in our own life right now, we got a circle of friends and we're trying to move to a greater level of intentionality. Sure. It's not a million people. And not everybody's probably going to go forward. Yeah. We love them. They love us. But so Jesus is saying, here's the pattern. Kingdom restoration doesn't start off big with everybody jumping on board. Notice that Jesus tells us that that little mustard seed is first planted in the man's where? Own garden, yeah. Own garden. Yeah. So where does this whole missional shift start? <laughs> in our hearts. Hmm. That's what he's saying there. See, and I never I never caught. So now after it's planted, it starts to grow in your own heart. It grows into something larger that's something that others can find their place in. Yeah. There are many small steps on the journey to a kingdom life, okay, uh, lived on, you know, the way Jesus did. And all of our steps, all of your steps will be baby steps at first. They'll be small. Sure. And they start out planting them in your own garden. So hmm. I can confess there's been times when before I understood a lot of the stuff I do now, I tried to throw a lasso around a bunch of friends and talk them into doing stuff out hadn't taken root in my own heart yet. Wow. My own life. Yeah. Th- doesn't work. See how that ends up, yeah. Yeah. That, manipulated and that's and... kind of what that beginning of that story was like. Sure. Now, that's the pattern. But the promise is also clear. After the good news of the kingdom takes root and changes your own heart, Jesus promises it will expand outward to include others. Hmm. See, we're starting to get a little, uh, maybe what was wrong with that first group of mine? Yeah. The way it was starting off in Whitefield. Now, the seemingly first small steps you take to cultivate growth in your own life will grow over time, and they have a large effect on others that you're hanging out with. Hmm. Okay? So 
We're not called to build elaborate, uh, structured programs and systems and then expect lots of people to come in and fill them up for us. Sure. Instead, we're to plant small gospel seeds that will eventually grow into, uh, starting with our own hearts, changed lives and changed families and changed communities. Hmm. That's why I say small is big. That's great, man. That's the first kingdom principle that Jesus taught. But wasn't the only one, okay? Now, these parables often come like in two or threes. Sure. And Jesus is kind of boxing you in like, yeah, but what about, wait, hold on. So he goes on and continuing, Jesus taught them another kingdom code. And it wasn't small as big. Now he teaches them about slow is actually faster. Hmm. Okay, again, Jesus asks, this is, I'm quoting scripture now, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? He says, it's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it's worked itself all the way through the dough. Now, here's the pattern. Like yeast, which is a catalyst for change and growth, sure. right? the gospel begins to affect our lives slowly at first, igniting a change within us that influences every aspect of our existence. Hmm. It starts out slow, Jesus says, but just a little will change a lot. That's what he teaches. Yeah, in that. That's the pattern. So what's the promise there in that same parable? The good news of the kingdom is about more than just our afterlife. What happens to us when we die? Christianity is more than it, just about our sin and heaven and hell and thinking about that now. Jesus' kingdom rule and reign is present now. That's and great. it transforms everything about us. That's why you see so much yeast stuff both in Old Testament stuff and you know, with a feast and all that hmm. and celebrations, there was always this idea of yeast and all that. There's a lot of that because the kingdom of God is present now, but it's transforming everything. And that's sure. how it works with yeast. You put a little bit of yeast in a ball of dough, nothing. Five minutes later, oh, it's starting to swell up a little bit. Yeah. A little bit later, oh, it's completely starting to change texture. Oh, boom, it's a loaf of bread. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing. It's slow. So it's slow is fast. And that's, that's what he's teaching. And I think, it changes our perspectives, priorities, and motives and methods when we think about that, when we take Jesus' pattern and promise seriously. Yeah. Living on God's mission and making disciples is about small shifts in belief and practice that over time, and I don't know how much time, okay, it's maybe different every, make a huge difference. Hmm. So just as a ball of dough takes time to rise, like be patient, like with yourself and with others. God's process of change and growth in your hearts, it's happening. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. And it's like you said, the mustard seed to a tree. That's not an overnight or even in a month. This is years and years and years of growing. That's the smallest big, and this is the yeah. slowest fast. Now, these were back-to-back parables. Hmm. See how he's teaching this pattern yeah, and promise? Kind of it, yeah. Pattern and promise, yeah. So we can see this, and, we, and uh-huh. we can see Jesus flipping angles on this. And if we truly believe what Jesus is teaching in these parables, what does this all lead to? Like connected back to our, like our missional yeah, community? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, in light of uh-huh. who we are. Well, I think there's an underlying principle in both these parables, uh, and there's a goal that these two principles lead to, and that's, in both cases, it's multiplication. Hmm. Think about it. A little seed grows into a tree. At first, it's what? It's growing in your garden, and then who's there? Lots of people. Multiplication. A yeast takes a small bit of dough, makes it into a huge thing. You know how you start the next batch? You take a little bit of that dough. Take a little bit of piece. Yeah, right? So both of these are actually... These two principles lead to multiplication. Hmm. The good news of the kingdom, Jesus' kingdom rule and reign, is not just about the small changes in your life that lead to transformation over time, nor, okay, is it simply a matter of taking time and having patience to do the right things. Hmm. Both of these parables, I think, really also teach us that life in the kingdom always leads to multiplication. Yeah. It does. 
if you stay the course. Now, sure. if I took the seed and I stuck it in the ground and I screamed at it and it's not growing quick enough and I ripped it back out, there's no tree. Right. There's no lots of people roosting in it. If I drop yeast in the dough and then I say, well, that doesn't look like bread and I throw it away, like, well, we'll give it some time. We have to bake it yet. So <laughs> both of these parables teach us that life in the kingdom always leads to multiplication. Hmm. And guess what? Multiplication always beats out hard work and sacrifice sure and does. our giant goals and dreams. And eventually it changes the world. Multiplication, because it's one of those things where like, hey, it took forever to go from one to two. But then in about the same amount of time, we went from two to four. But yep. then a little quicker, we went to like six or seven. Oh, wait a minute. Multiplication's kicking in. Or you can just keep, keep trying hard to start one and then start another ball of dough. You know, it's like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, it's interesting to me that in Matthew's gospel, right after Matthew records those first two parables, mm-hmm. the, the mustard seed growing into a huge tree, small as big, and then the yeast in a ball of dough, like slow as fast. It's, yep. it's you know, it's going to get there. He goes on. Okay, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, like he stoked, he went and sold everything he had and he bought that field. And he goes on and goes, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he finds that primo one, that one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if you're catching it. So after sharing the, those first two short parables, Jesus wraps up his teaching time with the disciples, telling them a final parable about some fishermen, okay? So so after those first ones, he tells them those two in a triplet, right? Sure. Okay, wait a minute. Something it's a valuable, pattern, yeah. it's hidden, uh, I, I, it's worth everything I have. And then he tells them, after those two, he wraps, up, he wraps this up by telling them a final parable about some fishermen who let down their nets to catch, it says, all kinds of fish. Hmm. Now, this would have likely reminded them of an earlier time when Jesus commanded Peter and his buddies to throw out their nets after a long night of fishing. Yeah, flashback. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, uh, man, Jesus, it's been all night. We got... But when they pulled their nets back into the boat, the Bible tells us they were overflowing with fish to the point of breaking. Hmm. Fishermen were amazed, right? <laughs> and it's almost if Jesus was saying to them, that's how I roll. Hmm. And here's what, it, don't miss this. He wants them to understand that the kingdom life will always lead to expansion and abundance. Hmm. Now, these are all in a row here. Yeah. You know, they will all, the kingdom life, don't miss it, will always lead to expansion and abundance. He's saying to them, healthy things grow and will multiply. If you trust me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how God's ordered all of life. And I'm going to show you how to live this way and teach others as well. That's what he, that's what he was telling them. And he was giving them these little parables so they couldn't miss it. And I don't think they missed Mm. it because they went out and did it. Sure. I think I've missed these, this pattern and promise yeah. all these years. And we're always trying to take every parable and make it to like, trying to get somebody saved. Or yeah, exactly, you the know? self-help version like, But of it. it's like, no, no, this is Jesus saying, this is how life works yeah. in the kingdom of God. Things grow. Yeah. Everything. Now, I think we're applying it today to like missional community life or community sure. growth or church growth. But I think you could apply this to like, I'm trying to like raise my kids. Yeah. Like, would that apply? Like something small, the right small things would actually grow big and... It would take forever, it would seem. Yeah. Boy, it'd be big. Yeah, don't rush right? that in it'd between be, time. It'd be right? so much faster than doing the wrong thing for a bunch of years and trying to fix it when they're teenagers. You know? Yeah. I think these this pattern and promise Jesus gives here is huge. That's amazing, man. So what I'm thinking of is, even as you're sharing, is like, if this kingdom mindset of pattern and then this offer of promise of growth and multiplication is true, how does it actually tie into your story? Like when you were starting out to try 
early on your missional communities, did it explode finally with tons of growth? Boom. Just, yeah, it's, it's happening. <laughs> the <laughs> well, biggest church in America. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> biggest church in the world. Um, okay, so, well, a year or so after that failed attempt that sure. I was telling you about at the beginning, God called Tina and I and our girls. Our son was uh, back in Washington and right on the verge of going into the Marines at the time. Hmm. He called us, though, from Chicago to pack up and move out here to Tacoma where we kind of still live in the area, right? The promised land. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he calls out here to join our friends, Jeff and Janie Vanderstelt. Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners probably know of Je- Jeff Vanderstelt. Yeah. Definitely Janie's the better half. Anyway, <laughs> but he calls to join them out here at this new adventure. And we moved out to Tacoma to help them start new churches that would be formed like people living like missionaries, right? Sure. And the stuff that Jeff and I had talked about over many a cigar and scotch about the book of Acts. Yeah. Like, Gosh, they look at this. They live this way. Is Can't this we for have us? churches? Yeah. Yep. And we looked and we said, these are churches that follow a different pattern uh, one that was in line with this new recalibration that jesus was showing us and so jeff and janie and t and i actually there was this circle of friends that they had been pulling together and they see jeff and janie had actually been part of that original group oh cool yeah back in chicago i don't think i ever knew that yeah, yeah. and that one's where we never quite cracked the nut sure you know? but they were determined to give it another try in fact they had moved out here and then we ended god led us out here to join them so we started asking the question how would jesus live here well God's answer to our question was to birth a new community that ended up being called Soma. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of our listeners have probably heard of Soma or sure. Soma communities, Soma family churches. So we started really simply, it was a small group of friends doing really normal everyday stuff, mm-hmm. but with an intentional commitment to live as Jesus would live if he was living our life. That's cool, man. So we, you know, we were doing all the stuff we saw in Acts. We're regularly eating meals together and we're serving one another, trying to meet the needs of our families and our, fr- our new neighbors. Yeah. New friends and all that. And we learned to apply the good news of the gospel to like every area of life. And we started watching this pattern and promise. And so little by little, everything began to change for us as Mm. we experienced growth. And as I said earlier, healthy things always grow. Yeah, they do. So out of that, out of that new, (laughs) that new attempt, like many, many years later, from when I started the story, our community, we, from that little core, we sent out four groups of brothers and sisters into their own neighborhoods right here Mm. in Tacoma. And they all had the same commitment to continue in the same rhythms that we had been following, believing that pattern and promise of Jesus. Sure. Now, okay, it wasn't always easy, okay? But those communities grew. Hmm. And the same rhythms of life, the, the way we shared meals and served and learned together uh, were now being repeated in the lives of many, many others. See, it's sort of like that mustard seed. Yeah. And many Things were coming to roost, yeah. But now it's distributed all over town. So before too long, some of those new missional communities, they started birthing groups of their own. Hmm multiplication, expansion. It was like, Jesus, yeah. you were right. Yeah, this principle's now, working. Now, this didn't happen in a weekend. We're talking over the course of many, many months, and then ultimately a couple years before we start really seeing the expansion, it, yeah. okay? So it ended up growing into dozens of gospel-centered communities all over our town, and then eventually into other cities. And anyway, what we experienced over time was that when we focused on small, but really important, and yeah. ordinary parts of life, submitting them to Jesus, seeking to build his kingdom instead of our own, everything began to change. And mm. and not only did others start to notice, but they wanted to be a part of what we were doing. Others were coming to take in roost. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And it was not uncommon to hear friends say stuff like, well, I'm not really into going to church, you know, or religion or that sort of thing, but I love you guys. Mm. <laughs> want to be a part of that, whatever it is. Sure. So I want to sum it up by saying small is big and slow is fast and multiplication wins mm. every time. Yep. And that was Jesus' pattern and promise realized as we lived it out. 
Okay. Now, I remember a book called Small is Big, Slow is Fast, I it, think. It's such a good title, right? So <laughs> for our listeners, and I'm, yeah. I'm being cheeky, but I mean, part of the story comes from that book, Small is Big, Slow is Fast. And in the book, it builds out the entire process and timeline yeah. that we actually started to use and teach others. So if anybody's interested in like the rest of the story and also a lot of tools in the timeline, check it out and you'll see Jesus Pattern Promise as in really the whole, a lot more of the story, but yeah. along with the tool sets and all that stuff too. Man, what a great story, right? Like the, you saw the faithfulness of God 2,000 years later in America. The principle actually works. But it didn't start out that way for us. Like sure. I, I carry, It was like years previous, five, six, yeah. seven years had gone. But God it. started showing us this pattern and promise, and it's true. Okay, so there's a few things we could take away from today, but we try to boil them down into the big three, which we're going to get to now. For sure. And you probably already know that you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download just by going over to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. That's B-I-G three. We'll send it right out to you. And again, these are things we just, three takeaways, immediate takeaways we'd love for you to get from this episode. If nothing else. Yeah, yeah. nothing else. So see, what are the big three for this week? Okay. In uh, first one, embrace the kingdom pattern of small is big. Hmm. All right. This idea that everything we endeavor to do in life or ministry has to start off huge and with lots of people in attendance or in tow, it's broken. Yep. It was fa- And you know, it's, it's been falsely reinforced by our own churches over the last 50 years or so too. And it goes against Jesus teaching an example. Hmm. Jesus didn't hit the ground running with like, you know, Hey, are those 5,000 people when we fed them? That's it. That's our congregation size now. Nope. Yeah, back to 12. Group. He takes off, right? Yeah. So, uh, he started off with a dozen and transformed the world. Yep. And so again, I'm reminded of Zechariah 4:10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Yeah. Well, it's so, funny you say even he starts with the 12, and you're like, man, even the night before he was crucified, he was losing them too. You yeah. Know? Oh, like, yeah. Exactly. Hey, so he started with 12, went backwards, and it grew again. And like, I just want to point out, like, we don't hear about all of them again after the resurrection. Yeah. Like, I, I they're all around, but they're not all recorded doing something. Yeah, Did exactly. some of them never? They just went back to fishing. I, we don't know exactly. Mm. So, there, but I love it. I love the end of that verse. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Yeah, that's cool. Or begin again or again. So wherever you're at, you're hearing this today. Let this be an encouragement. Second yeah. thing, the big three. God's not measuring your performance and numbers and growth and then basing his love for you on that. Hmm. Gotta believe that in your heart. Yeah. If you're feeling discouraged or like, yeah, we did start and it failed and I haven't started again. And I kind of feel distance in my heart about that from God. You're like, sure. no, that's you. That's not him. Yep. Okay. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has accomplished the work of restoring us to a right relationship with dad, and it never has to be or can be earned, Yeah. okay, including in starting mission communities or, you know, all this stuff. Believe that your beginnings and your re-beginnings are all a part of how God is shaping your heart of trust for him Yep. as he accomplishes the mission in and through your life and then outward to others. It really mm-hmm. is. That's like, good, I man. think it was exactly what God had for us to, quote, fail yeah. Or like I say, suck forward yeah. back in Chicago. But look what he did then once we got here and yeah. how that's now gone out all over the world. I love that, man. Okay. All right, man. Number three. Faithfully live out the small missional rhythms you're learning that Jesus promised leads to big growth and reproduction. Hmm. Don't try everything you read or even hear about from us, everything you hear about discipleship and missional. Don't try it all at once. Sure. Continually ask the spirit, what next, Lord? And live then obediently to what you hear the Spirit saying there. Remember, Jesus' pattern and promise is true for you too. Yeah. Okay, so ask the Spirit 
and do that faithfully. Don't give up. Don't shrink back. Remember, small is big. Slow is fast. It's yeah, true. Love that, man. Thanks, Heath. And thanks again for helping me through all of this. Well, time's up. I hope you'll join us again next week. We'll continue to talk about this lifestyle of discipleship and mission and how the gospel is really good news for all of life. Now, today. I know you'll join us for that. I'll look forward to it. I hope you will, too. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 